Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get weird on a Monday night following week 14 Sunday in the NFL. A lot of uh, surprises coming from Sunday, and uh, the playoff pictures on either side are getting a lot more fun. Welcome to the Pump Fake, Jared Bailey, joined by my good friend, Benjamin Raven. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm all right, man. Uh, you know, the thing they don't tell you about covering winning teams is that you're a lot busier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy shit, I got a lot to do. <laughs> it's been yeah. fun, though. It really yeah. has been fun, man. And, you know, speaking of surprises, let's, uh, I mean, let's start off with your Detroit Lions because, my goodness, they – they have become America's team, and it is, it's just <laughs> great to see. Um, you know, they start off the year slow, um, and I think everybody's like, oh, damn it, same old Lions. You know, the hard knock stuff, everybody, everybody got really excited. Um, and then it just kind of seemed to be a letdown, but they've won, what, like five of their last six? And they are rolling right now. They defeat the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 23. Jared Goff has a big day. I'm actually going to pull up his stats real quick right now. He went 27 to 39, 330, and three touchdowns. Yep. Uh, a huge day for Jared Goff, who, by the way, tearing it up this year. <laughs> like he's having a good year. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. That's back to back 300 plus days for the first time since he landed in Detroit. Hasn't thrown an interception in five games. Hasn't lost a fumble since uh, mid October in Dallas. Like he is, uh, he's like changing everyone. He's changing a lot of opinions, man. He's changing a lot of opinions. I mean, you know what I've been saying since the beginning is like, man. he's a very good bridge quarterback, but that's it. Now he's even got me being like, shoot. Uh, you know, stretch this out another year. I mean, you built this team around him to his strengths, uh, you know, and, and it's clicking. I mean, they built it to his strengths. I mean, Mina Kimes had the tweet yesterday, but it's, you know, we've been saying it for a couple weeks on the beat. Like, they got the offensive line. They've got the versatile running game. They've got the versatile receivers. They've got over-the-top guys, and they've got guys who are good after the catch. Who does that remind you of? The good teams in L.A. Like, uh, and it's clicking. I mean, it's absolutely clicking. I, uh, he, he is uh, he's changed a lot of uh, opinions. And right now he's cruising, man. I mean, he's cruising those weapons in Detroit. He's 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 on the right page with them. I mean, it, it's it's really, really impressive what he's doing. Jared Goff on the year so far, just over thirty three hundred fifty yards, which is eighth in the NFL. Twenty two touchdowns are just tied for fourth in the NFL. Ninety seven point nine pass rating. That's seventh in the league and a sixty one point two QBR, which is sixth in the league. He's having a fantastic season. Um, so now this raises the question because they do have the Los Angeles Rams first round pick, which is looking like it's going to be a top five pick. I mean, you and I have talked about this. If, you know, a guy like CJ Stroud or Will Levis is available, do they take him? Or, I mean, like you said, do they just kind of be like, you know what, if he's going to keep playing like this, let's take a guy like, you know, Will Anderson, if he's there, you know, there's, there, they can have options here. But if, you, if you're them, you, I mean, that's something, that's a conversation you've got to be having. You got to talk about it, but my take, and I've uh, I've kind of I've kind of landed pretty firmly in it that the only first round quarterback I would take and put over Jared Goff to risk everything that's going right right now is Bryce Young. Like, there's only one guy I would risk this. I don't want to say the word momentum, but this progression and the steps forward that they've taken with Goff and Campbell and Ben Johnson's offense. I mean, there's only one guy. I mean, the other guys carry a ton of risks. They might be great starters some days, but I just kind of think. Uh, yeah, I, I, you don't want to 
this is going good right now. You know what I mean? You know, I, I understand the comparisons. I understand the fact that you need a elite type guy to hang with guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. If you meet them there, if you're lucky enough to meet them there, but uh, gosh, I don't know, man. I, I, I've, I've, uh, at the beginning of the season, I was like, you got to take a quarterback. You got to fall in love with one of those guys, take it and try and develop them. But now it's kind of like maybe give golf another year or two, go for a guy in the second or third round. I know that's not the most proven, but like you're giving yourself flexibility. You're giving yourself options and they haven't really taken a quarterback that they've tried to develop in forever. And it wouldn't hurt to add a little mobility back there in the backup spot. But man, I just have a hard time thinking that, they break this up right now. Like uh, I don't, I I know Rap Sheet had the report that came out Sunday morning that the Lions don't view him as a bridge quarterback. But shoot, we've been reporting that on the local beat for a year. Yeah, like love something like Brad Holmes loves Jared Goff. That's cute to say, but it's also very freaking true, man. Like, and now he's playing like this. Like I, I don't know. I I I really think, man. It, I mean, shoot, he he's in the deep ball. Like that's. Like, there's nothing I can nitpick him on right now. Yesterday on throws, air yards, 10-plus yards against the Vikings. I'm choking up because it's crazy. 10 to 12, 203 yards, three touchdowns, perfect passer rating. Like, dude, and he's money with your franchise wide receiver, and I'm on Ross St. Brown. You got Jamison Williams coming up, and he's finally on the right page with DJ Chark. And these guys, I mean, shoot, he's almost had back-to-back 100-yard games, and he's finally healthy. It's just – uh. And then he's got Josh Reynolds. It's just, man, it's just clicking. He's a good fit for this offense. You know, I know he's not everybody's favorite quarterback. I know he's not the top upper upper echelon of guys, but right now it's working. And I just have a hard time thinking they, they would blow that up for, uh, you know, a project like Will Levis or uh, Anthony Richardson or even a CJ Stroud who reminds me of Jared Goff. I've been saying that for August. And now it cracks me up that like other people who I respect are saying it and seeing it too, because like it really does when he's under pressure, when the, play goes off a script cj stout reminds me of jared goff why do you want to replace jared goff with younger jared goff with a slightly better arm like i don't know man i i I just uh i think golf has really given himself a good shot at being this team's quarterback moving forward and moving forward by two to three years you know yeah i know it reminds me of last year whenever like everybody was like betting their mortgage that mac jones is going to be the 49ers pick and they were saying oh he's a lot like jimmy garoppolo well if they're looking to replace jimmy garoppolo why the hell would they take a guy that reminds them of jimmy garoppolo when they already have jimmy garoppolo like so i think that this is a very similar situation in terms of the lions now in terms of their receivers that you brought up yesterday dj dj char goes six for 94 and a touchdown Amon Ross St. Brown, six for 68. Josh Reynolds, five for 51 on the touchdown. Jamison Williams throws his crutches to the turf and has a wide open 41 yard <laughs> touchdown. Like they are clicking right now. Who would have thought that coming into the season that the Detroit Lions would have arguably the deepest receiver room in the NFL? Um, two really solid running backs that they utilize really well. Like DeAndre Swift is finally starting to kind of find a little bit of a rhythm um, yeah. in terms of how they use him. Um, and defensively, like, they aren't great, but they are sure as hell not dead last in the NFL like they were in the first half of the year. Like they've seemed to, fa- to find some sort of groove uh, in their own right. Um, you touched on Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, how deep they were in their bag yesterday. Oh my goodness. Dan Campbell, <laughs> absolute onions. Like if, if, if Dan Campbell was a wrestler yesterday, I think that he would just be the Sandman standing there with a cigarette and a beer. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fake a punt fourth and seven. 
inside my own 30, zero fucks given. We're going to get this damn thing. We're gonna, and that turned the tide of the game because instead of, you know, it's 14-7 at that point, they drive down and score a touchdown. Like that was an incredible, very, very big display of testicular fortitude from, <laughs> from Dan Campbell. And then Ben Johnson rolling on Penny Soul in motion to catch a, a pass to, to steal the win. Like, oh, my goodness. The Detroit Lions are so goddamn fun. That's the thing. They're fun. They're so much freaking fun. And Dan Campbell definitely got Mick Foley, Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, innovator of violence vibes to him for sure. <laughs> Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I thought we. I talked to CJ Moore, the guy who had that fake punt run in the game yesterday in the locker room, and one of the other guys, my buddy Nolan for the Detroit News, was just asking him, and we were joking around. The recorders were off, and he's just, coach has got nuts. He's got nuts. He's got nuts. <laughs> just like I mean, seriously, that was like a fourth and eight or a fourth and seven, man. Forty-two yards on a fake punt on fourth and eight, leading like, rusher of the day, CJ yes. Moore. <laughs> I mean, I, absolutely. And Panay Sewell was in, used in motion twice on that series. The first time it happened, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And then they throw it to him. I mean, my God, that is just uh, – that's trust in your guys. That's trust in your quarterback. That's trust in your – that's trust in your gut. It's so funny like because every Friday the offensive line guys run deep fade route drills, and it's mm-hmm. just like for four weeks, Colton Pouncey and I of the Athletic have been like, something's coming for one of these guys soon because Decker caught a touchdown last year, and Panay Sewell's not from this planet, so it's kind of like they got some options here. And then, dude, I just didn't think it was going to be third and seven coming out of the final two-minute warning in an eight-point game to put the game on ice against the division-leading Vikings. You're going to roll out and throw it to Sewell. We're going to roll out our, our franchise tackle and see if he can get a catch. Why the fuck not? Oh, man. It just uh, – God. You just have to love it. I mean, honestly, I I, I I just think Dan Campbell really – he gets he gets a lot of crap when the aggressive calls go wrong. And, yeah, he probably cost this team the first time against the Vikings with a couple of those fourth-down decisions. But, man – he gives this team so many chances by stealing possessions, by extending possessions that should be punts. And it's just, uh, these guys are bought in. I, you know, I covered uh, the Matt Patricia tenure and then the first year and a half of this. And it's just like, it, it's it's wild how bought in this team is to what that dude is about and what that coaching staff is about and what they want to do. Like it's a, uh, it's it's I know that's coach speak and can be locker room speak that everybody on that team just feels and talks and sounds and looks just all into what is going on in Allen Park. And that's so freaking important because I've seen what it's like when nobody's in. Nobody's got one toe in the water. I've seen what that looks like. So yeah. this is just like, holy shit, this is actually moving in the right direction and fast. <laughs> the remaining schedule, they go to New York to face the Jets next Sunday. Then to Carolina, host Chicago, and then end their season in Green Bay. So three of their final four games on the road. Uh, this upcoming game against the Jets, all of a sudden New York has their backs against the wall. They are seven and six. Uh, quarterback Mike, Mike White ate two spears from uh, Matt Milano and, and, and Bill's defenders yesterday. So my goodness, he took a beating. Um, this is a game, though, that uh, the Lions can absolutely win. Um, the Jets defense better than the Vikings by a substantial amount, though. Uh, this is a Lions team that can put up points, and they've done it all season. Um, that, that'll that be, I mean, two teams fighting for their playoff lives. Um, but you look at the schedule, like they can beat the Jets, they can beat the Panthers, they can absolutely beat the Bears, and then week 18 in Green Bay, like that's <laughs> my It'll goodness. probably be Jordan Love. 
Yeah, I mean, depending on, you know, what happens with the Packers, I don't expect them to go on any sort of run to, you know, keep their playoff hopes alive. You know, we've been, I mean, you and I have talked about this. We keep waiting for the Packers to be the Packers, but now it's week 14 and it just never happened. It's not happening this year. No. I'm, I'm officially, you know, Aaron Rodgers might heat up and look like Aaron Rodgers down the stretch with that team. That, that They didn't get enough out of the young defensive pieces that they needed in year one, and that's not saying those guys were the wrong picks or busts or anything like that. It just wasn't that day one impact that they kind of needed. But, dude, but this weekend, this shoot, I, I see three wins at least for the Lions. And I'm – I do too. Even even trying to be conservative, it's like I could see them losing this Jets game. I could see them losing that Packers game. I don't see them losing the Panthers or the Bears games. Like they are, they are superior to those teams, and those are games like the Jaguars game. And I like that Jaguars team and where that's going. But those are teams that they should kind of beat the piss out of at this point of the rebuilds. Like, like truly, truly, that Panthers team. Like, come on, how the f- did that Panthers team win yesterday? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I all the respect in the world for Steve Wilkes. If that dude didn't earn a second contract, then the league yeah. needs to look itself in the mirror and figure out what the hell they need to do to get some of these guys because look at how that team is playing since they traded their best player, the quarterback situation that team has gone through. So yeah, the Panthers are sneaky. They got a, obviously a coach they're playing hard for, but this weekend's game is the toughest test because that jets defense is uh, man, even without like winning Williams, who's a freak, that defense yeah. is nice, but sauce Gardner's unbelievable. They're great against the pass, which is going to be interesting. They're great against the run. It's an outdoor game away from Ford Field, so it's always that little element. They've been inside three weeks running. like It's been a month inside for the Lions, so uh, see how you respond there. But it's a it's a strength-on-strength strength game. It's a strong offense versus strong defense, and um, I don't really uh, think it freaking matters who's at quarterback for the Jets, you know, what that offense is going to be. I think it would matter if Zach Wilson was there because then I would take the Lions by about 25 points. But <laughs> I think Mike White or Joe Flacco, you're looking at a single-digit score game here. So this is going to be a tough one. to. I'm just dogging on Zach Wilson. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But, uh, man, I, uh, it's a tough one. I, I just Four games left, man. They kind of they got to go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh to have a chance. God, I hope that they do. It'll be because- fun. Yeah, it will be. And uh, regardless of the result, I mean, this team definitely has so much to look forward to in terms of the future. Um, Dude, that's nice to want to face that team in the first round. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see any teams lining up and saying, "Yeah, let's go play the Lions right now." Like, I Shit, maybe yeah, let's, let's guard those four receivers. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about fuck you? I'd rather not. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I would like to think that they can win this week. Um, the Carolina game, some rumors that Ben Johnson could be, you know, uh, that the Panthers hmm. could have their eyes on Ben Johnson in terms of their next, uh, their, their next head coach. So, I mean, that's, you know, something to watch for in the off season, but yeah, three, of the, three of these next four, if they win, that's what nine and eight. Yeah. Depending on what happens with the giants, commanders and Seahawks, which by the way, the commanders and giants play again next week. Um, and a lot of division games for those two still left. Um, so I think that the NFC East is going to kind of beat up each other. And then the Seahawks look like, look like they're fading right now. Yeah. Um, they just let Chuba Hubbard um, and, and a bunch of uh, largely unknown running backs run all over them. Yeah. Um, so in terms of teams getting hot at the right time, the Detroit Lions are doing just that, as are the Los Angeles Chargers. Ben, you know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert throwing from the far hash across the field, 56 yards deep to Mike Williams and dropping it in the bread basket. This guy, man, and there's been so much discourse on Twitter this week after yeah. our mutual friend, Mike Tanier put out an article on football outsider saying like, 
is Justin Herbert regressing? And then everybody and their fucking mother decided to freak out about it. Um, regardless, um, Justin Herbert going absolutely off last night. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick just so I can have them in front of me. And also um, we'll compare to, you know, that other guy who a certain person at a certain network has had a boner for for the entire season um, and has pushed it down everybody's throats. Uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert, 39 of 51, 367. Tua Tungavailoa, 10 of 28, a buck 45. You take away that long completion where Michael Davis got tripped by the ghost of Christmas past. Um, that's He goes, what, 9 of 27 for like 90-some yards. Like, it was not a good night for Tua Tungavailoa. Not a good night for the Tua non-crowd. Um, and Justin Herbert, I think, shut a lot of people up with a lot of the throws that he made. Yeah, and say a prayer for the FanDuel uh, Eckler-Waddle receiving boost because it was a disgusting <laughs> night for the Dolphins last night. I mean, the thing about Justin Herbert, and I get what Tenier's getting at, like, you know, I, there wasn't anything like that I truly disagreed with, but I just look at Joe Lombardi and what he did to Matthew Stafford in Detroit, and I see it happening with Justin yeah. Herbert in Los Angeles. Like, Justin Herbert is so freaking good that he's playing above the system. He's playing above this uh, neutered, half-toed system. Like, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, the stuff he's doing, the, the way he, he's a magician, man. His arm, like I've had a couple separate conversations with people I won't name this week that are like, I don't think he's in that top 10 group because we were talking about 10 years article and stuff. And I'm just like, I think you just need to – I re reevaluate what you think a top quarterback is like a yeah. top 10 quarterback is because shit, I'd have a hard time not putting him in the top six or seven still like he's, he's a, a, I there's not four quarterbacks that I would take over. Just kind of, I have a hard time just because that arm talent is just unbelievable. Some of those throws he was making last night, the throw to Keenan Allen on that final drive <laughs> where he just puts it literally the only place he could put it. And as soon as Keenan Allen steps out of bounds, he turn, turns around and points at him and Justin Herbert points back. Like it just looked like they were, are so in sync and they were so in sync last night. Yeah. Um, and our, the aforementioned Williams pass where he's, he had a very similar throw against Cleveland. I think it was last year where he's just rolling to the far hash outside of the far hash. Yeah. And Williams is down there and he just uncorks a piss missile right into his bread basket. And, yeah. Like I said, there's not four quarterbacks I would there's not five quarterbacks I would take above them. In terms of the top five right now, it's Mahomes, it's Allen, it's Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. I don't think that there's a lot of arguing that right now. He's absolutely especially in front of a national audience last night, in the midst of everybody, you know, kind of talking, Yeah, has Justin Herbert lost it? Yeah, no. He he sure as hell has not lost it. Um his offensive line has been beat up all season. His weapons have been beat up all season. Defensively, they've been hurt. Like, it's the same old story with the Chargers that we've become used to. Like, they make a ton of noise in the offseason, and then they just get absolutely riddled by the injury bug. Uh, no Joey Bosa or Derwin James last night, and the defense does that to that mm -hmm. offense. Jalen Waddle didn't have a catch until the fourth quarter. His final stat line, two catches for 31 yards. Um, and if not for a rugby scrum that somehow ends up in the hands of Tyreek Hill. Two <laughs> and Michael Davis tripping over John Cena. Um, like there's <laughs> they they could have pitched a shutout. Like it was two freak plays that kept the Dolphins in it. Um, and kudos to the Chargers. Um, now in terms of what they face for the rest yeah. of the year, um, let me get their schedule pulled up because they have a few winnable games compared to other teams that are in the hunt right now. They currently hold the number seven seed. If the Patriots win tonight, they take it back. Oh, their um, schedule is. <laughs> so they've got 
the fading fast Titans. They go to Indianapolis. They have a game against the Rams and then they travel to Denver. I see at most one loss there. Four dubs. I'm not going to go ahead and write four dubs because this is the Chargers. And if any team is good at blowing games that they should win, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Titans just try to get their shit together this week and, you know, can just kind of outplay them. But they'll beat Indianapolis. They'll beat the Rams. They should beat Denver. If they don't beat Denver, they already beat them once this year in a game that was made closer than it should have been. Um, but if they can – I mean, nine wins will probably get you in, depending on tiebreakers and whatnot. But if they go three and one down the stretch, they are, I mean, they're basically a lock. Herbert might throw for 400 yards on the Titans, though. So that's the thing. Their defense, like what is happening? Yeah. And uh, they just don't have the firepower to keep up. I don't think like you saw that last week, the second they fall behind on the Jaguars, even when the Titans, I kind of watched that game back a little bit this morning on the condensed replay. Like even when the Titans got it together, they were too far down. It was too far gone. They just don't have enough. Derrick Henry had two rushing yards in the second half against Jacksonville. Exactly. That's just like, and they have to, be in close games where they can give their guy the ball every single freaking play, basically, at this point. Uh, and that's the thing about Tennessee. Like, if you get them out of their element where they can just consistently run it down your throat, it becomes a different game because, I mean, their offensive line is depleted right now. Um, I think it, it was Mark Sessler on the Around the NFL pod. I don't know if you heard this, but he's like, Dennis Daly, or as I like to, to refer to him as Dennis Snapley, because that's how often he gets beat. Um, <laughs> he gave he gave, up, he gave up six pressures on his own uh, yesterday. Six by himself. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So, I mean, Tennessee right now, you don't have a good offensive line, which means that Derrick Henry's not going to be able to get going as much as you would like him to. You can't really throw the ball all that well because Tannehill doesn't have enough time to, and you don't have playmakers on the outside. Like, they're living and dying by a defense that, oh, by the way, is either letting teams throw all over them like they did against Philadelphia – and right now, I mean, Trevor Lawrence just had another big game and it was against Tennessee. Like their, their pass defense can't stop anybody right now. Um, this, this is a Tennessee team that's fading fast. I cannot, I kind of, I kind of forgot that they were seven and three at one point, but that is great. We were going into the game against Cincinnati and me personally, I was like, all right, you know what? I got to stop doubting the Titans. Cause every time I do, they prove me wrong. And then, well, they, they lose three straight games. Like, yeah, that's just, that kind of, I, I shoot, I could, gosh, I can't believe the Jaguars are that close to a playoff berth. Like keeping, I don't know, man, because that's how Jackson, you- Jacksonville is like creepily, like staying alive in this. They're five and eight. Um, if they can, they can make a little bit of noise. Like it would take a lot. Like they would probably have to win out, but I mean, Tennessee, let's pull up. I'm going to pull up the Titan schedule because let's see how this pans out for both teams in the AFC South. Because it's a two-team race right now. The Titans seem to have control of it. They go, like I said, to the Chargers. But then they have the, the Texans. Derrick Henry might run for 300 yards. Yeah, that's They host point. Dallas. I don't think they're beating Dallas. No, I don't think so either. And then week 18, they go to Duval to play the Jaguars. And then the game that could be a decider. It could be. Because I could if see they, the Titans going one and two. I was going to say, if they lose to uh, Dallas and the Chargers, that's eight losses. And if the Jaguars, who in that same stretch, <laughs> let's see who the Jaguars play. Because if they go, if they can go three and zero before that Jaguars or before the Titans game, now they play Dallas this Sunday. That's tough. Yeah. So they go Cowboys 
at Jets, at Texans, home for the Titans. Not an easy stretch. That's a pretty tough two-banger start right yeah. there. Man, yeah, yeah the, I feel like the NFL world would be a better place if the Jaguars and the Lions were in the playoffs. I agree, um, especially uh, the possible matchups that we could get. Like if Jacksonville hosts a playoff game, they would they'd be, absolutely be the four seed. We'd probably get Jacksonville. Oh, my God, that's right. They would win the division. Together. Yeah, they would win the division. <laughs> so they, it looks like, depending on what would happen, they'll, they'll draw – Either Baltimore slash Cincinnati, depending on who wins that division and who will be the top seed. Miami, if they get their stuff together. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the three teams that they would draw. Um, I think the Titans are probably going to go to the playoffs. That feels so gross. Yeah, the, both uh, South divisions and each respective conferences are just garbage. Yeah, my blind spot is apparently the AFC South because I was not aware it was like this. <laughs> just The <laughs> AFC and NFC South are both just... Yeah, the NFC the divisions of the damned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Golly, yeah, man. There's some. Uh, it's a weird. It's weird with that extra playoff spot because you see, like, holy crap, the Lions have a chance. <laughs> like, how? And so it's a. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's really interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of teams still like technically like in the hunt at five and eight. Like they still have the Steelers in the hunt at five and eight. Like yeah, I, I saw the Steelers <laughs> on their draft last night. I was like, holy what? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, seven teams and the AFC's got some grossness at the bottom too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Browns are still technically in it. Like there's still a bunch of teams that haven't been like eliminated yet, but give it another week and we'll see. We'll see some bodies at the floor when it comes to that. Um <laughs> but it, it are you uh are you on on the Purdy train? Because I think I'm I'm all aboard. Dude, he had a couple. Uh, I was watching that when I got the second half when I got back up from the locker room, and I found out he was playing with an oblique injury too, and he was dodging yeah. guys in the pocket, making throws like he was. Uh, I don't know, man. If anybody's gonna get that out of a guy like that, it's, it's Kyle Shanahan. Man. Exactly. It's just uh, it's kind of beautiful to watch, you know, and it's really easy to root for guys like that. I mean, I remember that kid, Iowa State, right? He was a graduate yeah. served at Iowa State. Yeah. That's right. I remember him. That was a fun team for Matt Campbell. Shoot. I remember looking back on that team because Matt Campbell was a kind of a name getting thrown around for the Lions when they were looking for somebody. So it's uh shoot. That's a, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting the 49ers, man. No, like the 49ers. When I saw. I mean, when Jimmy you put Josh Johnson at quarterback, thirty-eight-year-old journeyman Josh Johnson, I'm not doubting. He's the 49ers. played for like sixty-seven teams. Like, it's... They'll, they'll find a way to win thirteen to ten. Like, <laughs> like seriously, I, I just, uh, I really think that they are the class of the. I, I respect the Eagles. I think the Eagles are good, but I do think the 49ers are the class of the NFC. Like, it's just that uh, defense, man. It is so damn good. It's just, uh, it's just. Um, and McCaffrey is just such – I mean, we all knew it when it happened, but it's such a perfect fit. And yeah. I know they're going to be with – listen, I'm talking this high about them. They're not going to have Debo possibly sprained MCL, high ankle sprain. Like, he might not play until – Yeah, I was going to say, he'll be gone for at least the, the rest of the regular season, I'd have to guess. But I'm still just like Brandon Ayuk, batter up. Juwan Jennings, yeah. batter up. George Kittle, see more targets. Like, running game, get weird with it, lean on it. Like, I, I just – that's just – I just have – that's probably the team in the NFC I trust the most, no matter what. Like, yeah, I would agree. Faster if Hurts goes down. I think that they have the best coaching staff in the NFL as well, mm -hmm. because it, no matter how many guys get cycled in and out, they just always seem to be at the top of uh, at, at the top of their game. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So kudos to them, Demico Ryan's. We know he's going to have that defense ready. He's probably going to get a head coaching job. Yeah, good uh, for him, man. Good for he's him. He absolutely deserves it. Um, 
but Brock Purdy yesterday, 16 to 21, a buck 85, two touchdowns. Um, he throws a dart to Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown. Um, under pressure, kind of throws one off his back foot. It's a little bit underthrown to Brandon Ayuk, but it's getting the job done. Um, and I got cynical because you know me. Um, he has in eight quarters, actually, he did it in six quarters. In six quarters, he has as many touchdown passes as Kenny Pickett does in eight games. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, which oh, is man, it's, it's frustrating being being me. What do you like, Levis or Stroud? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, buddy. We've talked about this. They ain't drafting one. <laughs> I bet you they do. You want to let's make a bet right now. All right, let's do it. All right. I would bet anything that they do not take a quarterback in the first round. Um, what are we betting? Um, we could do a – I don't know. What's a good bet? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is like on the fly, but I'm sure that there's something good. Now, it doesn't have to be – we're not going to do anything like career-threatening, obviously. No, but... <laughs> God, no. I was thinking like – Like no one's tweeting out of – buy the next AEW pay-per-view for that person or Okay, something. yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. I was thinking in that range, but I was like, that's <laughs> That feels a little aggressive. Loser has to tweet a picture of their bare ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. First round quarterback for the Steelers. I don't know if, if if they're picking in the top five. I bet they do. That's the thing. I'm horrified that they're not gonna like in terms of like picking because they're they're gonna win a few more games against these nothing teams. Like it wouldn't shock me if they beat Carolina next week. Although Kenny Pickett looks like he might not play. Although I mean, it's not like that changes anything for me. Yeah. Um, Looks like Mason Rudolph might actually start. There's some conversations about that happening. So, <laughs> welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> He'd probably be a pretty stable presence. I mean, he's done it before. You know what you're getting. Dude, it was so frustrating yesterday because Mitch comes in and immediately play action, uncorks like a 47-yard bomb to Pickens down the sideline. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, so we've got something here. And then that leads to a Najee Harris touchdown, uh, which makes it 10-7. to um, he has another good pass to Pickens down the sideline before halftime, and then he throws his second interception of the day. All three of his interceptions came in Ravens territory. Mm-hmm. Two of them, they were knocking on the door of the red zone. Like if he, even if he has all three interceptions, they had a field goal blocked. So if you can keep all the three interceptions, they kick a. If the field goal isn't blocked, they win seventeen sixteen. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're seeing the problem Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he's got arm talent. He's a talented guy. He's athletic. He can make the throws that you need to make. But then it's just breakdowns, like, and doesn't and does the same thing kind of over and over again, like three interceptions in a 16 to 14 game. Like, you just have to know when to not risk it, not when to put the ball at risk, when, to, for another away, day. when to talk it and run, when to play for another down. Like you said, just like he just does not have that wire in him. It seems like, and it's just because, like you said, that throw to Pickens, I saw that, and it's just like there's the Mitchell Trubisky that I saw destroy the Lions seven out of eight times. Like <laughs> seriously, it's just um, I really thought he was gonna be the guy for the Steelers this season. Not I was hoping he was not an elite guy, but I thought you know what, like he can carry that team to respectability. You know, he might not be the, but that's I always kind of he tricked me into thinking he was a plus bridge quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, two of his interceptions were like on the brink of the red zone. Both of them very similar plays. Both of them intended for Pat Fryermuth over the middle. One was intercepted by Roquan Smith, which, I mean, looking at that first one, he shouldn't have thrown. The second one was just a really good read by Patrick yeah. Queen, who read him like a book and came over from the right side. So, um, but 
the third one was so frustrating because he you abs he absolutely predetermined that he was all right. I'm going to go play action and I'm just launching it to Deontay and hoping that he catches it. And then he overthrows it. Marcus Williams gets the interception and that kills another drive. Um, so yeah, um, there's definitely pros and cons with both guys that they've trotted out there. With Mitch, like you're going to get those splash plays, but he's going to make decisions like that that can bite you in the butt. Kenny Pickett, you're going to get absolutely no explosiveness, but he's not going to turn the ball over. So it's it's pick your poison. Might as well put Mason out there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Which, by the way, Mason Rudolph has handled this really well. <laughs> like he's been there forever. I kind of forgot um, he was there. Yeah, they drafted him in 2018. He's been there for a while. Um, Oklahoma State. Trot him out there. I, I'm okay with that. Mason Rudolph versus Sam Darnold. Sign me up. Oh God, is it, they're playing the Panthers this weekend? Yeah. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's gonna be, yeah, that's gonna be the game that like Spiroditas gets. By the way, that's not a dunk on Spiroditas. He just usually gets like the the games that are in the bottom tier of the AFC. Um, so yeah, that that's gonna be Steelers Panthers. Can't wait. The Panthers, by the way, are only a game out of the NFC South Disgusting. after yesterday. Disgusting. That whole division. I mean, we already touched a little bit on the AFC South, but the NFC South is is probably worse. Yeah, that's probably the last one we got to do. I mean, aren't the Bucks kind of just what is? Oh God, it's oh, it's only they're six and seven. Out. That's the Falcons are a game out still. That's so bad. Yeah, Unbelievable. What the, I know the Bucks. Every time I haven't seen a lot of the Bucks this year, but every time I've watched them, it's just like, what is what is this? Like, it's just unrecognizable. Yeah, Todd Todd Bowles ain't going to be back next year. That's almost a guarantee. He's not a good coach, man. Yeah. Good defensive coordinator. That's where he should be. Like I think he's proven this time and time. Like we saw what he was as a head coach with the Jets. Didn't go well. Aside from that one season where they went ten and six with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, uh, you would get another run, but I would bet on Hackett being done too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like in terms of guys that'll be gone, Todd Bowles I think is almost as close to a guarantee as you can get. Nate Hackett ain't coming back. Like no. there's you can't bring him back. Um, I don't know. Like. Uh, I think that the other jobs that were like guaranteed to be open are kind of already open. Like Carolina is already, you know, they already moved on from that rule. Steve uh, playing himself into the conversation. You would yeah. Think. Steve looks at, at minimum deserves at least, you know, a, a look and in an interview and to look extensively into him saying, all right, you know, we could keep this guy around. At some point, um, somebody has got to give that guy more than a, more than a season with Josh yeah, Rosen. Yeah. 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 It's just like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll see what the Colts do as well. Because yeah. I, I mean, I would doubt that Jeff Saturday sticks around as the as the head coach. I mean, he'll probably have some sort of like advocate role in the front office, but I can't imagine that he's going to be sticking around. Yeah, um, NFL Network's trying to push Jim Harbaugh into that job. It seems like they are. Yeah, <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm all for that though. Why not? What like if you're Jim Harbaugh, what more do you have to accomplish at Michigan? College football championship, maybe. Well, I mean, if here's all right, if he if Michigan wins the national title this year, do you think he's gone? I think he is. Like you have zero, you've got nothing else that you can do there. I think Indianapolis is like the job he would do that for. Yeah, and not just because he played there, but because it's a Midwest town. It's a town he knows well. It's not far from Ann Arbor, where he spent most of his life. So there's a lot of factors to that too. And um, 
it's a great roster. I mean, there's still something to build in Indianapolis too, as bad yeah. as it's gone this year. So that, I mean, that's, that's the only one, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, I mean, I don't take him at his word when he says he's done with the NFL or I'll be back. I don't back. take anybody at their word when no. they say they're not doing anything. No, no never take a coach, a football coach at their word in a situation like that. Tom like, Herman said that he wasn't leaving Houston. Then 10 minutes later, he was on a plane to Texas. Like <laughs> somebody backs up the Brinks truck. Somebody yeah. backs up the Brinks truck. So that's, you know, but uh, the, I don't know, man. I, I kind of lean 70-30 on Harbaugh returning at Michigan. I, I kind of feel like – I think that's a fair number. I feel like he could – I feel like he could genuinely be satisfied with running it out at Michigan. I don't know. Maybe he wants to win a Super Bowl. Like, I could see that. He's a competitive guy. But, um, shit, I don't know. I, 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 I don't believe him at his word, but I could see why he would just stick it out at Michigan because you've just had back-to-back seasons that got you a lifetime contract unless you do something terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is the inverse of this is like, you know, why would he leave whenever he's got he's make he's making more money there than you make in the NFL. Um and he's a tenured professor. Like. Yes. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. Yes. Now now the inverse of this conversation is would Mike Vrabel go to Ohio State if offered the job? Because right now the Tennessee Titans, like they've peaked. They're yeah, they're probably going to be a playoff team, but they're not ever going to be considered a threat along with Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Miami now I think is better than them. Baltimore, like, yeah, they're going to probably keep being threats in the AFC South, but uh, next year I, I think Jacksonville is going to win that division. Trevor Lawrence is coming. He's proven that. Like, if you're Mike Vrabel, get out while the going's good. And if, the, if Ohio State calls him, I think that that's a job he would take for obvious reasons. He played there. He would be revered there. He would be loved there. And he's proven all he like he has nothing else to prove in Tennessee. You know, when when he took over that dumpster fire of an organization and turned them into a perennial playoff team. But as of right now, I mean, they don't have a contingency plan. And yeah, without the GM, that's yeah. Oh, that that's the thing that kind of pulls me back away from it a little bit is because okay, if you're gonna fire your general manager, it seems like there was some sort of power struggle there where they would have to be like, okay, we're gonna get rid of John Robinson because we know that Mike Vrabel is our, our long-term plan. So that's the only thing that would keep me saying, yeah, I, it would make sense for Vrabel to go. But at the same time, everything yeah. going on in Tennessee says that, you know, behind closed doors, I think that they're pretty confident that he's not going anywhere. And he feels pretty rebuild safe security wise, you know, like he's a good, he's proven himself as a good football coach. So I think the Titans would be out of their freaking mind to even nudge him out the door. At any and I point. think that guys, in terms of a rebuild, I don't necessarily think it would be like a hard rebuild. Like Not I think you're down. No. Mm-mm. And one, because I think that guys genuinely love playing for him. So it would be easy to sell like free agents of, of, of a higher caliber. It'd be like, dude, come play with this guy and you will absolutely love it. Like I, I think that he has a lot going for him in terms of a football mind, but also on just a, a human level where a rebuild wouldn't be a complete tear down in Tennessee. Yes, Jacksonville's going to be coming, but this still feels like a two-horse race for the foreseeable future with the Colts still trying to figure their stuff out. The Texans aren't going to be relevant for God knows how long. Um, so th- that's something to to keep an eye out for. I don't think he's going anywhere, but that's something that – I mean, if he got a call from Ohio State, I think that he would at least weigh his options. Who wants Ryan Day? <laughs> Not Ohio State fans, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God, it would be I I would be fascinated to see him as an NFL coach. Truly fascinated. I don't really have much of a take on that. I would just be kind of like, how the hell is this going to work? In terms of everything else going on around the NFL, as we look at the standings, um, and we've got Commanders Giants. Um, that's going to be a fun one. That's Big a Sunday game. night game. We get primetime Heineke next week, and I'm excited. Man, no, that's good because that's a heavy playoff implication game. That's just uh... both teams seven five and one. The loser is going to have a hell of a road to get in unless Seattle just keeps losing. Well, the thing about the Giants and the Commanders, the Commanders have the tiebreaker over the Lions. Oh no, shit! I got that backwards. The Lions have the tiebreaker over the Giants and the Commanders, but yeah. they're tied. Gave them that half game advantage yeah. on the Lions. That's sorry, I got my shit mixed up there. Yeah, the Lions have the tiebreaker over both those teams, so they're going to be even closer if they win and one of those teams loses. Now watch the uh, same old Lions luck would be a Commanders Giants second tie in prime time. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? By the way, do you hear this? Do you hear this fucking fire horn? I do on? hear that, man. Jesus Christ, dude! This happens. I don't know how much fucking shit burns down around here, but this thing goes off at least twice a day. It is the most annoying thing, and it's gone off when I've recorded before. It went off when I was doing a space the other day with Ben Albright. Oh, He's just like, do you need to like seek shelter? Like, what <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anybody listening to this as a podcast, just try your best to ignore that. Um, so the remaining schedule for the Commanders hosting the Giants on Sunday night, they traveled to Levi's and play the 49ers Christmas Eve. And they host Cleveland, and then they host Dallas to end their season. Um, None of those are gimmies. Um, That's a hard road to finish for the Commanders. And then you look at the Giants, what they have to finish with. Like I said, I think they still face Philadelphia again. Let me get it pulled up. They played the Commanders. They go to Minnesota, host the Colts, travel to Philadelphia to end their season. Uh, Man! Eagles could be resting starters. Yeah, we could be seeing Gardner Minshew um, week 18, which, by the way, I mean, I still like Gardner Minshew more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'll take Gardner Minshew in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh, God, you're just going to do that cycle forever. I'm campaigning for anybody. Like, Gardner Minshew just looks like Pittsburgh, though. Like, you, if you saw Gardner Minshew walking down the street and, like, cut off (laughs) jean shorts, cowboy boots, a flannel, and his mullet flowing in the wind, he would look (laughs) – with with an icy light and a Marlboro red hanging from his mouth, like he he just he would fit in in this city very well. Um, the other team in this uh, equation is the Seattle Seahawks, and we bring them up. They will play Thursday night hosting the San Francisco 49ers, which uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a gross game. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be tough for Kenny Walker to be back. Debo ain't playing in that one. Like I. Like I have a hard no, time believing no. Debo will play in that freaking game, and then like, gosh, man, the Seahawks need that one. If the Seahawks win that game, there is a ton of pressure on the Lions to win on Sunday, a ton. So, well, I, can, I mean, on Thursday, I mean, I can see the Seahawks winning that game, man. You got a I can too third string rookie quarterback making the short week start with a banged up midsection. Yeah, trying to find. I mean, Debo. I mean, the 49ers, like I said, I got a lot of trust in that team, but it'll be hard to replace what Debo does on a short week. Yeah. Um, so they host the 49ers. They traveled to Kansas City oh, the following week. I don't think they're beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I would think that. <laughs> um, then they host the Jets. Um, not a gimme there either. Um, no, it's not. And we've seen the Seahawks would win that game, but it's not a gimme. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, 
Gino is seemed to kind of, you know, start to falter a little bit. Um, he's making decisions that he wasn't making. Um, and he's turning the ball over more than he was in the first half of the year. And then they close, close out the season uh, against the Rams, a game that they should win. Um, but the Rams at least made the first match of a game. Um, and the NFC West just seems to always, you know, split games. It doesn't matter what the records are. So um, none of these for any, you know, the Commanders, Giants, or Seahawks, I mean, none of them have an easy road. So that's something to pay attention to. The Lions have the easiest schedule of those four NFC teams fighting for uh, the final uh, two wild card spots. So it's, uh, I mean, seriously, man, it's uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks should win two of those games, you would think. And then, I mean, all eyes on Sunday night because whoever wins that Giants Commanders game is probably going to make the playoffs unless they totally shit their pants. I'm going to go on a rant about dogs real quick because you're, you're going to hear dogs howling in the background now. This is why, Benjamin Raven, I'm a cat person. You're never going to hear uh, you're never going to hear a cat howl. You're never going to hear a cat make a ton of noise. I know you have a dog. I know you. I've got one, too. But here's the thing. My dog's practically a cat. He doesn't make noise. She's practically a cat by how big she is. I was going to say, you've got a tiny dog. Your, your dog's smaller than mine. A little nine-pounder. How old is she again? Two, just two. Okay. You no. got the harness on her and everything. Because she's tough to wrangle, man. She's fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to grab her little leash if I need to. Jesus. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to – I want the Lions to make the playoffs so bad. I think that's the general consensus around the league. I think in terms of the teams in front of them, I think they have the easiest path. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like the Jets feels like a toss-up. They should beat the Bears. Should beat the Panthers, and then I mean the pack going into Lambeau is tough. Whether it's Jordan Love, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, like Lambeau is kind of. I know the Lions have been better at Lambeau in the last five years, but like that's still a monster hiding behind the closet waiting to get them. You know, yeah. for most Lions fans, and that's that's tough in Week 18 because you don't know what that's going to be like. And uh, but no, it's, it's absolutely the easiest path out of those uh, teams fighting for those final two spots, but. And I'm surprised that they didn't put up more points against the Bears in the first time around because the Bears' defense is abysmal. Um, yeah, 31-30, it was a, that was a weird game, too. You know, I, I, the Lions are going to have trouble with any mobile quarterback. Was it game 31-30? Why am, I, why am I thinking it was lower than that? Well, I thought it was an extra point, and that's basically – the Lions had to go and take the lead back, but the Bears missing an extra point just left that door wide open. That was that game Fields – it was after the Dolphins game. Yeah, he threw a pick six to Jeff Okuda. Yeah, yeah, that game was wild. I was at that game at Soldier Field. That game was wild. That was just, uh, <laughs> very back. Almost started it all for the Lions. Yeah, yeah, got everything on track. I'm very much looking forward to this uh, this NFC Wild Card race. And if there's a God in heaven, the Detroit Lions will make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'd love to. I would love to cover a playoff game so much, man. After the last three seasons, you know I'm. These uh, I've been covering, and this is my that was my first meaningful December football game I've ever covered on my fourth season on the beat. So it's just uh, uncharted waters, exciting times, and man, the rookies are playing out of their minds. Man, Aiden Hutchinson, Jamison Williams, all of a sudden he got coming on. Man, James Houston, I got to give a shout out. James Houston's got four sacks in his first three games. He's played like thirty nine snaps. He's us. The the rookie class, man, the rookie class. At least the defenders, they're they're just delivering. So um, they drafted very well. Yeah, you know, Brad Holmes is really um, – he caught some flack early this season because the one-and-six team just felt like 
oh, this is going to be an ugly rebuild just because they were so conservative in free agency and stuff like that, and they drafted some hurt guys who weren't available. But now that the reinforcements are coming and the rookies that were here are, like, turning the freaking corner, it's like, okay, this guy's bought himself a lot of leeway on this yeah. rebuild. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll touch on, touch on the final few games um, just briefly before we get out of here. The Bills win an ugly one, 20 to 12. We already touched on the Mike White just getting absolutely gored. So <laughs> body huh? yeah that was yeah rough man. a lot of those players afterwards are like you know kind of give him the the tip of the cap just because that, that's a tough son bitch right there game. Back. He finished game. The game. yes he came back in twice sounds like he's gonna play this weekend against the lions too yeah yeah have you ever seen the that scott sterling video on youtube where uh the soccer goalie just keeps getting decked in the oh, face um, yeah oh yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's mike white <laughs> so that credit to Mike White for just having yeah, that offense has been an offense since he took over too. Yeah, so like, that's what happens when you have a grown up at quarterback. It's <laughs> amazing the things that can happen. Um, the the Bengals beat Cleveland. That's Joe Burrow's first win in his career over the Browns. Um, he had a throw. The touchdown to Jamar Chase. We talk about tight windows. There wasn't a window there, and he somehow fit in. That ball to Jamar Chase, which is fantastic. Joe Burrow and the Bengals looking fantastic right now. Um, they're the best team in the AFC North, but they also have a, a much more difficult uh, rest of their schedule than Baltimore. So depending on when Lamar Jackson comes back, uh, that'll be an interesting uh, finish to that division. Um, Dallas has a scare against the Houston Texans. I like Dak Prescott. Yeah. No quarterback at that level plays down to competition more than he does. <laughs> no you're not wrong because it's and I, I loved his classic quote like oh these closer games will help us more than blowouts and it's like no dude no <laughs> this is a one-win texans team that you should have curb stomped they're rolling out two quarterbacks davis mills and jeff driscoll like they're south carolina in 2014 yeah, they converted <laughs> jeff driscoll to tight end at one point last year <laughs> dude <laughs> that was a 17 point spread 17 and a half on some books. Fandle moved it up a half point before kickoff. So that is, I mean, they start off fast. Tony Pollard has a couple touchdowns, and then Houston just never say die. Amari Rodgers gets his first touchdown of his career, uh, which upset Packers fans. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Dallas is a team that I, I want to believe in Dak Prescott because I like Dak Prescott, but until proven otherwise they're still you know, the same old cowboys yeah they do play down they do play down to teams they really they really do and uh you never you know i i just that's a dangerous team man and it sounds like are they in ty hilton is the report yeah they just added ty hilton so i guess we can kind of crush all the obj rumors which by the way i'm tired of hearing about odell beckham jr the second they freaking the espn guy came out when the nfl network guys let out their 19th obj tweet of the night and came out like like he wasn't gonna freaking play this year possibly and still yeah. wasn't fully recovered it's just like god damn like stop living in obj's agent's pocket like, yeah <laughs> just like he's 30 up. years old he's <laughs> just, got a long history of injuries let's talk about it like teams that are let's talk about people that are playing rather than a receiver who like for lack of a better term, has stayed relevant for one catch he made a decade ago. Hey, like, man, the dude is great. He was clutch for the Rams last year. He played a sure, huge part of sure. that last year. I get why he's – because he is talented, and when he's healthy and when he's available, he's freaking really freaking good. So, like, I get it. But, like, if he's not even going to be available this year, why are we talking about it? No, that's, yeah, let's stop talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. 
Um, we talked about a team in the NFC East who plays down to competition. The Philadelphia Eagles do the complete opposite of that. They put up 48 points against the New York Giants. Um, <laughs> so quickly. Like The Giants were rolling out guys that no one's ever heard of. Their safety spent last year in the Jets practice squad. He's starting games like this. I understand that injuries have just bit them apart on that side of the ball. Yeah, for sure. And, but they've just run out of gas. Yeah, they. I mean, just the injuries and stuff like that. And that was a team that was kind of winning those close games like the Vikings, and they haven't been as lucky as the Vikings in some of those situations. I still yeah. think the Giants are like a solid team. But, like, there's a reason why people around here are so confident in the Lions making the playoffs. It's because teams like the Giants are in front of them. Like yeah. the, the Giants have being 7-5 and five, or 7-6, seven 7-5, and six, seven and five, whatever they are. I, I, I just I, I they've they've punched way out of their weight class this year, and I think they're catching up to them. You know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs take a twenty-seven nothing lead on the Denver Broncos, and then Marlon Mack scores a touchdown, and Jerry Judy scores three, and all of a sudden they're back <laughs> in it. Patrick Mahomes throws three interceptions, but a few of them were very ugly. Um, it's his first three interception game since twenty twenty, only the third of his career. Um, but I mean, Kansas City. It just felt like they were toying around. Like yeah. Mahomes makes a play where he's scrambling and just underhooks a pass to Jarek McKinnon for a 56-yard touchdown. And it... he ain't afraid to try shit when they're cruising. No, and no. Then, I mean, it led him back in the game yesterday. It's like, holy crap, like you guys can run the clock a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm know. waiting for the day that he's just like got two guys on him and he throws a pass like behind his back or like with his elbow like Jason Williams did in the All-Star game. And it just lights the internet on fire even more. I want to see – I just want to see him like just keep getting weirder and more creative with the stupid stuff that he does and does that only he can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I just, uh, I, like he said, I just think he, uh, gets a little aggressive. He's been a little aggressive and careless in spots like that this year, because that yeah. was, that was one of those games where I went down in the locker room. I think it was like 27, nothing. I looked up and it's like <laughs> freaking, I mean, I, I looked up and Wilt Ripien or whatever was in the game and it was a one score game. Let it rip. No idea what happened in this one. So, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be at the chiefs, man. It's, um, Mahomes, uh, even with the sloppy days like that, I just look at them and it's like, who the hell's going to beat them in the AFC? Cincinnati. I, yeah, like right, right now, I like Cincinnati more than I like Buffalo. Oh yeah, I've got, I kind of forgot about the Bills for a second there. I, 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 I go Chief, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. I, I, I kind of have the hierarchy. I think I've, the Bills Mahomes have been my baby of the season, but right now the Bengals are playing much better than they are. Much more consistent on the defensive side of the ball. They just can't stay healthy. My God, they get changed back. They lose two receivers. They get mixing back. They it's just like yeah. my goodness, Joe. You know, that's just the Burrow keeps playing the way he is right now. I mean, he already showed what he can do for you in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be. Yeah. It's going to come down to one of those three. I would be very shocked if it's anybody else. Um, the Bills are my preseason pick. They were my Super Bowl like five weeks ago, but I just kind of like even with yesterday's game and just like the way Mahomes is playing, it's just like he's like he's like the best player in the league by so far. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is now the odds-on favorite to win MVP, though. Yeah, so get those bets on Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, at this point, if no, I know, it's, it's, no, if you're if you want like team, if you want a team to win a Super Bowl, I mean, apparently you don't want your quarterback to win MVP. The last MVP quarterback 
The last MVP quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Kurt Warner in 99. So keep that in mind. Man, no, no. Yeah. Random stat that probably doesn't mean anything is more coincidental than anything, but like, you know, something something fun to watch, I guess. Um, but that is every game that we've touched on. We did uh, it. We did it. I'm so excited for the Detroit Lions. Um, I will adopt them as – Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the team that I've had a rooting interest for my entire life hasn't given me anything to root for this season, so I'm going to be uh, – I'll, I'll just adopt the Lions for the rest of the year. <laughs> there you go, man. They'll, they'll, they'd love to have you. They, uh, <laughs> they're not used to people hopping on the bandwagon, so I think it's a welcoming crew. So I'll gladly hop on the Lions bandwagon. Um, hop on. Hop on. Hop on and uh, you know, um, watch a real quarterback play. Yes, yes. It's uh, you know, I've only I've only okay. been away from real quarterback play for you know a little bit over a year or so. But uh, you know, I just um, can't believe Jared Goff, man. I just have to give him props because I've dogged on him for like he deserves years. his flowers. Absolutely, he, he really he really freaking does. He really freaking does. I mean, he, uh, he he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves for this turnaround. But my God. He, he deserves a lot of credit. A ton of credit. Um, I'll let you get out of here. I know you wanted to order food. What are you ordering? I don't know, man. I'm being a little indecisive. I'm I haven't really looked yet. I just opened it and nothing sounds good. So I just. <laughs> Do you have a red lobster near you? I'm not ordering no red lobster. Why not? I'm not hating on red lobster, but I'm not door dashing red lobster. <laughs> I wasn't even going to suggest seafood. I was going to suggest the Cajun chicken Alfredo with like six biscuits. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get some chicken. The amount of times I I've done that because there's a Red Lobster and I, I I'm not a big seafood guy. Like I like it a little bit, but oh, their Cajun chicken Alfredo, oh, to die for. Okay, I haven't been to Red Lobster in a while. I'll note that. I can eat some biscuits. I would do unspeakable crimes for those biscuits. Um, what uh, what do you got going this week? You gonna watch Winter's Coming? Yeah, I gotta catch up on old wrestling. So it's there goes my dog sorry yeah, that's okay um no yeah we'll catch up on wrestling um yeah that's pretty much it since the pay-per-view i've been falling behind like crazy so you know you've got, you got your own independent wrestling show december 28th and yeah man i'm ready for round it. two combat on wrestling mr anderson versus rhino first time only time last time or something yeah yeah it's a great line I love it. All right, Ben's dog is going absurd, which means that he's got a he's got he's got dog duty to for fifty minutes. You know what? That's a that that's good enough. All right, everybody, appreciate you watching. We'll catch you later on in the week. Take care. This is the Pump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.